Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Demetrius Minor. He's a minister, author, and political commentator. He's a former radio talk show host and television personality. He's also a member of the Project 21 Advisory Board of Black conservative leaders across the United States. He and his wife, Raisa, serve on the leadership staff at Tampa Life Church in Tampa, Florida. Welcome to the show, Demetrius. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? Absolutely. So I was born in Dayton, Ohio, but um, I consider Augusta, Georgia to be home. That's where I was raised. That's where I received all my education. Um, um, I currently reside in Tampa, Florida with my wife, Raisa. Um, me in a nutshell, military brat. I've lived in Germany, lived in Korea. I'm also a PK. My dad was a pastor, and I'm also a preacher, as aforementioned. I have a background in politics and government. I've done television. I've done radio, um, authored a couple of books. So um, long story short, I'm, I, I have a lot of experience in running my mouth. <laughs> I love it. Now, tell us more about what inspired you to become a minister. Absolutely. Well, there's a couple things, you know, being raised and a godly Christian home and um, being exposed to ministry and to church and to everything that encompasses that. But but <clears throat> overall, I felt the, the call of God on my life at the age of seven. And so um, for, for everything that I was around, for uh, having a father that was a preacher, that was great and beneficial, but I felt the tug of God on my own and um, end up doing an internship at a 3,000 member church uh, that kind of gave me some insight into church administration, prison ministry, um, teaching Bible studies, nursing home ministries. And so um, just wherever I am, whatever local church I've attended, I've always um, <clears throat> been adamant about plugging in, serving and helping out in whatever capacity I could. I love it. Now tell us more about your book, Sunflower Seeds, Poetry in a Pandemic. Absolutely, um, got, the, got the book right here um, for, for, for your viewers to see. Uh, so um, last year um, when the COVID-19 pandemic um, and <clears throat> start to surface, um, here in Florida, I wanna say about March, um, quarantines and lockdowns um, ensued. And um, during that time, not just me, but for everyone, things um, began to get a little unconventional. There was this new normal that we had to adjust to. And it was, it was quite weird um, being at home with no place to go. And um, <clears throat> the only person I could see was my wife. Uh, and, you know, no friends, can't go out to restaurants and whatnot. So, very unconventional. And, and in our congregation where we worship and where we're a part of ministry, uh, we had to um, shut things down. And then we shifted to online service. And so it was, it was weird and funny at the same time uh, because uh, church starts at 10 and usually we leave the house around 8.30 or 8.45 or whatnot to be there early to fulfill our duties. But you're talking about getting up out of bed at 9.50, 9.55 in your pajamas and you're cutting on the TV screen and 
you're watching service. So it was a little weird. And, um, you know, our, our pastor, he said that people are either going to do two things. He said one thing that people would do is that they're going to lament the process that they're in or the times that they're in. They're going to whine and complain about not being able to do the normal things that they can do in life. But he also said there are also going to be a group of people who are going to adjust accordingly. They're going to deepen their relationships with their family. Um, they're going to get things done that they perhaps put on the back burner. And then he said, take this time to do something constructive. And he said, you know, write a book. And um, I've written one book before. And um, the idea of writing a poetry book came to mind. Because when I was younger, I used to write poetry. And my mother told me, she was like, you need to publish this. And this is probably early teens. And you know how it is. You're young. You don't really listen to mom and dad that much. And I never did. I never published it. And so I thought to myself, why not now? Um, why not uh, revisit that dream, that passion? So I looked at my wife and I said, um, I'm going to write a poetry book. <laughs> so that's kind of the birth of how Sunflower Seeds came about. From one poet to the other. I love right. it. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, sir. Now, tell us more about what inspired you to become a political commentator. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I remember it as though it was yesterday. It was the year um, 2000. I wasn't even old enough to vote at that time. And it was the infamous Bush versus Gore election. Um, and we all remember it, the hanging chats, the butterfly ballots and, you know, whatnot. The, the election wasn't determined until a month and a half later um, by the Supreme Court. But I, I just remember observing the process. And my godfather, who is an African-American minister, he looked at me and just out of the blue, it came out of nowhere. He said, Demetrius, just because you're black doesn't mean you have to vote Democrat. I was like, what? I'm, I, I wasn't interested in politics at all. He says, listen, I would never tell you how to vote, but just keep that in mind. And what happened was that comment sparked an interest in me. It sparked this intrigue to go do my homework, to go do my research, and to see what politics and government was all about. And that's when I found out that I was a conservative. And that's when I said, you know what? I wanna add my Christian voice um, to the platform and advocate for um, change that needs to happen in our society. And then, you know, before the 2000 election, just witnessing the, the Bill Clinton saga and at that time, newspapers was one of the most dominant sources of headlines. I'm <laughs> kind of dating myself here. <laughs> and I remember having to look at my parents as a young boy and say, "Is did this really happen? Did the president of the United States really do this? And then now my parents have to explain to me why that type of conduct um, was not um, good and why that type of conduct should not have been reflected upon those in the highest offices of leadership. So um, just nature itself, I would say, sparked an interest as well. Absolutely amazing. 
Now, you're also a member of the Project 21 Advisory Board of Black Conservative Leaders across the United States. Tell us Correct. more about your experience as a member. Absolutely. So Project 21 is a component of the National Center for Public Policy and Research. And I've been a part of this group, I want to say, since uh, 2009, maybe 2010. So uh, about a decade long of membership. And it's comprised of various Black conservative thought leaders across the country. And we deliver political and cultural commentary on current events. Um, and so um, I've been honored enough to have my commentary reflected on uh, prominent media outlets such as Fox News and things of that nature and uh, Washington Times Town Hall. And so they reach out to us to talk about issues, um, about economical issues, cultural issues, political issues through the lens uh, as African-American conservatives, and it's a great network to be a part of. Very powerful. Now tell us more about the major challenges that you had to overcome in your life. Oh, wow, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, are, there are a few that stick out to me. Um, I didn't find out I was adopted until the age of 29, and I'm 35. And so um, it was, and this is what sort of sparked uh, the, the genesis of my first book, which is called Preservation and Purpose, and that was released in April of 2015. So I, I was, it was the day before I was moving from Virginia to Atlanta, Georgia on a ministry assignment. And my parents sat me down and revealed to me for the first time in my life that I was adopted. And uh, my biological mother um, was confined to a nursing home because of a very, um, bad car accident and uh, <clears throat> she couldn't talk um she couldn't really move that much and so um that was revealed to me uh, my biological father was someone who for the longest time i thought was my uncle and then i was given a notebook filled with names of biological brothers and sisters that i did not know existed so now I'm 29 years old and I'm facing this identity crisis because now I'm like, well, who the heck am I? And so um, therefore I'm on this new odyssey. I'm on this new adventure to find out who I am. Um, but thankful, I'm thankful to the goodness of God that I was able to forge good relationships with my brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews that still exist to this day. Um, my biological mother and my adopted mother both died in February of 2015, two weeks apart. And um, you, you talk about challenges, you talk about adversity. Um, but, 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 you know, uh, when we're weak, God is strong and everything that we experience is not for naught, it's not by coincidence. Um, so the testimony that I have is not just for myself, but it's to encourage and to uplift other people. So that's sort of a biological, emotional adversity that I, I've had to overcome. There's been some political adversities I've had to overcome as well, being a black conservative, being someone who interned for George W. Bush, being the lone black person in my family, both immediate and extended, who voted for George W. Bush and defended his presidency and defended conservative principles. And... Um, you know, feeling all alone 
um, but also being comfortable in who I am, being comfortable in my political dichotomy. And, and, and now, uh, due to um, events that have unfolded, you know, George W. Bush has a very high approval rating. Uh, so it's funny how, you know, things change um, as history unfolds itself. But um, God has been good to me. He's been very good to me. Amen. You mentioned a few challenges there. Let's talk about what you just mentioned there in regards to being the only black conservative in a lot of places that you, you go to. Talk to right. us about the challenge that you have. Well, you know, um, in, initially I got into politics. I, I talked about my interest uh, in 2000. Um, I voted for George W. Bush in 2004, became a White House intern for him in 2006. And it was a great experience, one of the greatest experiences I've had in my life, the opportunity to serve at such a high level. Um, but if, if we're cognizant of history, and if we can just do a brief timeline here, this was following um, Hurricane Katrina, um, the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan. And there was a lot of false information out there. I don't know if you remember this, but um, you remember Kanye West infamous, infamously said that George W. Bush doesn't care about black people. Um, George W. Bush, you know, was accused of um, having power powers higher than God to where he can control the weather and he could send a hurricane to where black people live. I mean, it, it was just preposterous information that was being fed out there of how he led, how he allowed poor black people in New Orleans um, to suffer and not get resources and supplies that they need because of the color of their skin. It, regardless of the fact that the mayor of New Orleans and the governor of the state totally botched their duties, um, totally neglected their people. But it didn't matter because there was a narrative out there that people was feeding into and me fighting against that narrative and trying to tell people the truth and say, listen, be an independent thinker, be a free thinker, and don't just don't just believe what the media tells you, which is a principle we should still listen to and adhere to this day. And many times it made me feel alone. But Gigi, let me tell you something that really started to turn the tide. It's when friends close to me who are black, they would come up to me in private and say, you know what, Demetrius? You stick to your principles, you stick to your morals and your values, and you don't sway regardless of what the political and the cultural waves are blowing. Can you tell me more about why you believe the way you believe? And it started with a simple conversation. I think so many times we focus on trying to get a mass, a large mass of people to vote a certain way. I mean, that's great. I mean, there's a lot of power to that. But if you can just influence one voter at a time, you're making a significant difference. And, and I was able to accomplish that, not through a cult of personality, not through inflammatory rhetoric, but just being consistent and just being a man of morals and principles. And I'm very thankful for that. Very powerful. Now, you mentioned God quite often. How important is your relationship with God to you? It's very important. Um, he's the head of my life, the center of my life. Um, in this past year, uh, Gigi, I've experienced loss in a professional sense. Uh, 
I've experienced hurt and grief, and I've, I've, I've made some mistakes on my own, but through it all, I have witnessed his faithfulness and his love. So uh, my, my faith is very, very essential to my well-being because there's freedom in it, there's liberty in it. And you're very aware, well aware of the chaos, the division, and the uncertainty that we're living in these days and that we're witnessing. But because of my faith, um, do I have concerns? Absolutely, just like the average person. But at the end of the day, I can sleep well at night because he's blessed me with a loving spouse. He's blessed me with a loving community of um, support. But because inevitably he's in control, he's sovereign. And when you realize that, th there is a sense of peace. And I'm very thankful for my faith. Amen. I love it. Now tell us more about what gives you the most happiness in your life. Hmm. Um, a couple things. Um, my wife. Um, my wife. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, they say to not pray for patience. Um, but I did pray for a spouse. And so the good thing about a spouse is that the prayers that you give to God when you do self-inventory in your life, Lord, show me the things where I, show me how I can grow, show me how I can be a better person. That's what your spouse is there for. Your spouse is there to be a help me, but to also push you to be a better version of yourself. And my wife does that. And for that, I'm grateful. And I, I'm grateful for the opportunity, Gigi, to not be one dimensional, which is one of the reasons why I wrote Sunflower Seeds. Many people know me for political commentary and for being a minister. And I'd rather be known as a minister than anything else in life. I'm very thankful for that. But there's so many layers to us. There are so many dimensions to us. And so I wanted to force myself to be creative and to be innovative and to think outside the box. And that's why I embraced this poetry project because I hadn't written poetry in years. And initially I didn't think I had it in me, but it, it, it forced me to step outside of my comfort zone and um, to, to tap into some unused potential and that and that brings me happiness. Um, serving in ministry brings me happiness, brings me joy to see other people um, strengthen or develop a walk with God. Amen. Amen. I love it. Now, what is your why that keeps you going? The why that keeps me going? You know, um, I hear my mother's voice a lot, uh, you know. Tomorrow, as a matter of fact, will be the sixth anniversary of my mother's passing. If there's, if there's anything that, that pushes me, um, that compels me, um, it's because I want to at least try to be half the person that she was. Um, having, having a spouse and um, having a desire to, to have to extend to our family one day compels me um, to, 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 to contribute more 
or at a higher level. And um, just just to push myself to do more. I, I, I'm, I'm happy, I'm thankful for what I have accomplished in the past, but I can't just be satisfied with that. I, I wanna push myself to do more and so Amen. that's my why. Very powerful, pushing yourself truly matters. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? So I would say to I would say to your audience, there is to know the difference between being joyful and being happy. Being happy is an emotion that comes and goes. Okay. When we when we get a raise, we get happy. You know, when someone buys our book, we'll self-plug there, that makes us happy. When someone becomes our friend, it makes us happy. But just like happiness, you know, there's, there's also emotions that come and visit us from time to time. There's grief, there's sorrow, there's anger, there's disappointment. But if you can find joy, joy sustains all emotions. And, and, and so I will go back to my faith on this, is that I've experienced job loss. I have experienced biological pain. I have experienced grief and sorrow. And I've been through some very tough transitions in life. But I still can be joyful because at the end of the day, I'm serving a cause greater than myself. It's not all about me. So I would just encourage your, your audience to know that, you know, it's good to be happy. And it's great to be happy, I would say. But even when that happiness comes and goes, and even when life throws us a curveball, if we can find joy in the little things, if we can find joy in the things that matter the most, God, family, community, country, then that joy will be sustained even when trials and tribulations come. Amen. Very uplifting. Thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Now, where can the audience find you? Well, I want to thank you for having me. I can be found on multiple platforms. I can be found on Twitter at dminer85, Instagram at dminer85. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Or, you know, if you want to drop me an email, I read those too, dminer85 at gmail.com. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you see their Twitter. Check out Demetrius at dminer85. I love it. And again, Demetrius, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You be blessed as well. Thank you.